Gee whiz. Hello, friends. My name is John Henderson. Welcome to this series of old-time radio show episodes called Gee Whiz. These are stories of the schemes, trials, and loves of the typical American teenagers, Andy Hardy, Archie Andrews, and Henry Aldridge. We're going to start by saying hello to the Aldridge family. In this episode, they mention hats. Now, men's hats in the 1940s were typically tan, brown, blue, or gray fedoras that went with their suits. Everybody wore hats. You'd see hat racks everywhere you went. Much less popular at the time were raccoon coats. Raccoon coats were full-length, big, fuzzy coats that were kind of a fad in the late 1920s. So by this point, they'd kind of gone out of style, and they wouldn't become popular again until the mid-1950s when you would buy them used. So hang up your hat and coat and enjoy the show. Henry! Henry Aldrich! Coming, Mother! Thank heaven, American boys eventually grow up. But no matter how important or how old they become, they always like to grow down to boyhood again to recapture their teenage and the adventures of Henry Aldrich. The scene opens in the Aldrich front hall. It is Saturday morning. Well, I guess I'm just about all set, Homer. Gee, Henry. Gee, how'd you ever talk your folks into it? I didn't have to, Homer. After all, it's the most natural thing in the world to do. Boy, I bet this is the biggest day in your life since your first pair of long pants. <laughs> Homer, gee whiz. My mother and father just suddenly realized that I've reached the age of manhood. Gee, I wish I would. Henry? Yes, Mother? Have you got your money? Sure, Mother. Well, here, I want you to tie it up in this handkerchief. Mother. Oh, Alice, stop worrying. He won't lose it. Sure. Gee whiz, didn't we all agree I wasn't a kid anymore? That's right, son. Now run along and use your own judgment about the whole thing. Thanks, Dad. And, Homer, when we get down there, I don't want you saying anything. Nothing at all. Only if I ask for your opinion. And even if he asks you, Homer, please don't interfere. We want Henry to make his decision entirely on his own. Sure. Come on, Homer. Let's go. Only, Henry, if you really can't decide, be sure and phone me. I'll be okay, Mother. Good luck, Henry. Dear, have you got the handkerchief? Yes, Mother. Goodbye. But please be careful. And, Henry... Alice, let him go. Sam, we should never have let him do it. No, Alice, Henry's perfectly capable of handling a thing like this by himself. Well, maybe he is. But just the same... Why are you putting your coat on? Sam, I'm going to stay a good hundred yards behind him. Alice, you're going to do no such thing. Well, here I am, everybody. How do you like me? Henry! Henry Aldrich! Henry Aldrich, of all things! Oh, gee whiz, what's so terrible? Sam, speak to him! I refuse to say a word to him until he takes that thing off his head. You... You mean you don't like the hat, Father? Well, after you told me I could choose my own? All he needs now is spats and a cane. <laughs> <laughs> 
Henry, I hardly know what to say to you. But, Mother... My goodness, a straw hat. Dear, what on earth possessed you to buy a thing like that? Look, Mother, it's a genuine West Indian straw worth fourteen fifty, And on account of winter coming on, I got it for only $3. Do you suppose any of my friends saw him walking along under that? Mary, Mother said I could pick it out myself. Oh, no, I didn't. Sam, you were the one who decided your son could choose his own clothes from now on. Alice, he's your son as much as he is mine. Look, look, let me sort of walk away from you, Mother, so you can get a better perspective. What's that? The whole trouble is everybody's just looking at it too closely. Pretend I'm walking down the street, see? Yes? Doesn't the hat begin to look better? Keep on walking, Henry. (laughs) Sure, you see my point? There. Now it looks fine. Precisely. Henry, will you please stop this foolishness and come back here? Mother, won't you please try to look at the overall effect? You always have to make an adjustment when you see a man you're not used to in a hat. Oh, I mean... Henry, let's not waste any more time talking. You'll just have to march straight down to the Emporium and return that hat. Return it? Mother, you don't mean... You're just kidding, aren't you? I've never been more serious in my life. But gee whiz, Mother, I can't. Father, you see my side, don't you? Sam, will you please explain to Henry that you were wrong about the whole thing? Uh, As a matter of fact, Alice, I just remembered some work I have to do. Sam! Mother, look, I can't go back. I can't. Henry, it's a perfectly simple matter to walk into a store and say, I've changed my mind about this and I'd like my money back, please. Of course it is, Henry. Oh, boy. My goodness, I do it all the time. But, Mother, the clerk will think I think that I don't know my own mind. Just tell him your mother refuses to let you wear it. After him calling me, sir? Oh, gee. <laughs> was I... I can't walk into a store and start talking about my mother as if... as if I was a little boy. Dear, even big boys have mothers. Now, please start. <laughs> gee whiz, mother, I can't. I just can't. Very well. Mary, will you please take Henry by the hand and... Mary, don't you touch me! Then, Mary, are you ready to go by yourself? Mother, listen, won't you please try to look at it this way? Yes, sir, is there something I can do for you? Why, yes, as a matter of fact, I... Homer, how would you like to sort of step over there and look at those coats a minute? Well, Henry, I'm interested. Oh, you interested in buying a coat, young man? Me? Gee whiz, no, I've got a coat. Homer. Well, I guess it wouldn't do any harm to investigate. Look, uh, mister, uh, look, uh, about this hat, it isn't that I don't like it. I knew you'd like it, sir. Why, in all my years in hats, I've never seen a face that fitted a hat the way yours fits that one. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Only, that's exactly what worries me, the fit. The fit? Well, we can certainly remedy that. You can? Well, I don't mean the fit so much as, well, as my doctor. What's that? Well, I, I don't know how it slipped my mind, but according to my doctor, I shouldn't wear a hat, I think. Why not? Well, I'm sort of losing my hair. And, and... Oh, is that so? Well, if you're really losing your hair, you don't ever want to be seen without a hat. I don't? No, sir. Now, just let me set it back on your head. But, mister, what I... Always remember to give it a pat, like this. There you are. Well, sure, only... 
how do I look in this? Homer, where are you? Right here inside this coat, isn't it? <laughs> Young man, are you interested in buying that raccoon coat? I'm interested, sure. How much is it? Three hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, frankly, I've suddenly lost interest. <laughs> Mister, look, look about this hat. I've. I've decided to return it. Return it? Sure. And I'd like my money back, please, if you don't mind. Well, well that is... What's the matter? Didn't your mother like the hat? My m- mother? Well, <laughs> d- gee, she has nothing to do with it. Well, that is... Well, I'm sorry, sir, but I'm afraid we can't take it back. Why not? Well, what about your initials? Oh, I forgot about the initials. There they are, right on the sweatband. H-A, as large as life. We never take a hat back once it's been initialed. But couldn't you remove them? Remove them? Yeah. Well, how could we remove initials? They're perforated. Look, H-A... Oh, well, couldn't you just add a T to the H-A? And then you'd have H-A-T, you know. Now, just a minute, son. Hello? Hello? Hello. Is this Mr. Harold Acorn? Alcorn, Henry. What's that? I mean Alcorn. Yeah? Who's this? Well, you don't know me, see, I just found your name in the phone book. You did? Sure. I'm phoning everybody I can find who has the initials H-A. <laughs> and look, how would you feel about a swell new hat? Yeah? What program is this? What program? Sure. Didn't you say you were giving away a hat? No, gee whiz, I'm selling it. Selling it? Look, just let me ask you this. What size is your head? Eight and a half. What's it to you? Eight and a half? Wow. (laughs) Just forget the whole thing. Goodbye. (laughs) Quick, let's see the phone book, Homer. Are there any more H.A.s? Sure, only I think all this phoning is hopeless. Homer, there just has to be one H.A. in Centerville with a six and a half head size who needs a hat. What's the next number? Uh, Elm 669. Number, please. Helm, 669. Helm, 669. How'd you make out on Mr. Alcorn, him? Boy, he was the biggest sore head I ever heard of. Yeah, eight and a half. But I've, I've got a feeling this is my lucky customer coming up. Gee, Hen, I sure hope so. Hello. H- hello, may I speak to H. Andrews, please? Well, this is Hildegard Andrews. Hildegard? <laughs> yes? Who's this? Oh, gee... Gee, I don't think you'd be interested. Well, I might be. Come on, who is it? Well, no. No, 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 I'm sure you wouldn't be. Goodbye. Homer, we're just not getting any place. Hey, Henry, I just got a swell idea. Why don't you phone the police department? The police? Sure. After all, they keep fingerprints. Maybe they keep head sizes, too. (laughs) Homer, you're crazy. Henry! Oh, boy. Henry, haven't you left yet? Left, Mother? For where? Dear, didn't we decide you were to take your hat down to the Emporium and get your money back? Well, I'll tell you, Mother, I did go down, see? Oh, you did? Fine. Sure, and I had a long talk with the clerk, see? Only... Oh, and he gave you your $3 back? Why, not exactly. You mean he gave you credit? Credit? That's just as good, Henry. You and I'll go down later this afternoon and pick out another hat for you. Mother, wait, you don't understand. Yes, I do understand how you feel, but until you're a few years older, you need help in selecting your clothes. But, but Mother, if you'd only let me explain... Let's not you... talk about it now, dear. I have to start lunch. Yeah. Gee whiz, Homer, my mother thinks I returned the hat. Why didn't you set her straight? I tried to, Homer. What's she going to do when she finds out I've hidden it up in my room? Boy, you're in a spot, Hen. Wait a minute. 
Who are you going to phone? The Centerville Times. I've got the whole thing figured out. Number, please. L-909. L-909. Who signed the Times, Ham? Mary's boyfriend, Kermit, and he always said if there's anything he can do for me, he'd be glad to do it. Yeah? Sure, and I know he'll be just crazy about my hat, even if his initials are an H.A. Centerville Times, Editor Blakesby. I'd like to speak to one of your reporters, please. Kermit Hannigan. Hannigan isn't here. Sorry. He isn't? Oh, just a minute. Homer, he isn't there. He isn't? Well, why not leave a message? Sure. Hello? Yes? Look, could I leave a message, please? A very important message. Who is this? Why, you, you wouldn't know me, but, but I'm a member of the general public who reads your paper, and uh, I'm trying to locate somebody with the initials H.A. You mean he's lost? Lost? Uh, no, gee whiz, I just have to find them. Why not call the police department? The police? Would they fool around with a thing like this? I told you, Henry. Well, that all depends. What's this fellow done? Who? Uh, the, the fellow that wouldn't give me my money back? He wouldn't? Well, how much was involved? Well, gee, every cent I had. Is that so? All right, let's have all the information. Initials, A.J. Sure, with a six and a half head size. Are they going to help you, Hen? Homer, will you please beat it? Hello? Hello? Okay, Henry, I can take a hint. Mrs. Aldridge. The important thing is he has to like straw hats. Are you in the living room, Mrs. Aldridge? Yes, Homer. Mr. Aldridge and I happen to be having a private discussion. Well... Did I hear you say it was almost lunchtime? Not quite, Homer. You have plenty of time to get home. <laughs> yes, dear. Well, are you sure I can't help you in any way, Mrs. Aldrich? Set the table or anything? No, thank you. Oh. Well, I guess I'll be running along then. Goodbye, Homer. Where were we, Alice? I was saying, Sam, that you should take a lesson from what happened this morning and put your foot down. That was unfortunate, Alice, but I still maintain we should give Henry one more chance to choose his own hat. Sure, I agree with Mr. Aldrich. Homer, I thought you'd gone home. Alice, try to look at this whole thing from a boy's viewpoint. I was a boy once myself. Sure, so was I. If you lead him down to the Emporium by the hand, you'll destroy every shred of his self-respect. Dear, I don't intend to take his hand. Psychologically, you'd be taking his hand. Sam, the important thing is Henry has to have a new hat. And since he isn't capable of choosing one himself, then someone has to do it for him. But Mrs. Aldrich... Homer, will you please go home? Sam, listen to me. Someone has to help Henry. Very well, Alice. Have it your own way. Oh, I'm glad you're being reasonable, Sam. And when you get down there... Down where? To the Emporium with Henry. Alice, I'm not going with him. Yes, you are, Sam. I've changed my mind. You're a man. You're definitely the one to help Henry select a new hat. Now, wait a minute, Alice. I think so, too. Homer, will you please go home? <laughs> Ladies, you'll never be in a predicament when it comes to making a choice if you choose gay, shimmering jello for dessert. Tomorrow night, try raspberry pear whip. Just prepare a package of raspberry jello as usual, then whip it up. Fold in a cup of luscious pear pulp and chill until firm. All six jello flavors, strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime, have that wonderful locked in goodness that reminds you of the real ripe fruit itself. Ask for jello. America's favorite gelatin dessert. And now, getting back to the troubles of Henry Aldridge. Having been told by his parents that he could choose his new hat himself, Henry came home this morning proudly exhibiting a genuine West Indian straw. And then, ordered to return the hat immediately, he ran into difficulties. 
Now Henry is searching for someone to whom he can sell the hat. The scene opens in the Centerville Police Station. It is that afternoon. But, Sergeant, what's this fellow done? I don't know what he's done. All I found out is the Centerville Times is on his trail, and they'd sure like a chance to show us up. You're right. Now, here's all I know about him. His initials are H.A., and his head size is six and a half. His head size? That's a new one. Yes, and from what I can gather, the main clue is a straw hat. Now, if you find that, we'll be on the right track. Okay, I'll start checking hat stores and cleaners. Yes, and if you run into anyone from the newspapers, don't let on. We don't know anything, but try to find out who it is we're looking for. Mary, please. Henry, let go. I have to get ready for the beauty parlor. Mary, listen. If you had a brother and he was going to die any minute now, wouldn't you make a move to help him? Of course I would. Well, okay, I've got to have three dollars. Henry, do you think I'm made of money? But don't you realize Mother thinks I've got a credit of three dollars at the Emporium and I haven't. And don't you realize that Kermit is coming here for dinner tonight and I'm a sight? Look, Mary, why waste your money in beauty parlors? What? If you're going to marry Kermit someday, don't you think the only fair thing to do is let him see you in your natural condition? <laughs> Mary, wait, before you get mad, when is Kermit's birthday? In June, why? How'd you like to buy him a swell present? It's worth $14.50 and you can have it for $3. No. $2.95. No, and goodbye. I have to fix my hair. You mean you're not going to the beauty parlor? Of course I am, but I can't go there looking like this. Okay, Mary, just wait until you want me to be best man at your wedding. Henry? Mother, are you sure there hasn't been a phone call for me? No, dear. Well, gee whiz, a reporter that won't even answer a phone call. Henry, I have to run over to your Aunt Harriet's first, but I want you to meet me down at the Emporium in 45 minutes. At the Emporium? Yes, it seems your father has suddenly disappeared. Uh, Well, look, Mother, don't you think a new hat is just a waste of money? Certainly not. But, gee, you know how I always lose everything, especially a hat. Why, I won't have it a half an hour. Now, Gee whiz, Mother, I'd lose my head if it wasn't fastened on. Now, dear, you really need a hat, and you have a credit of $3 down at the Emporium. Mother, listen, there's something I've got to tell you. Tell me down at the Emporium in 45 minutes. But it'll be too late then. Oh, Homer. Excuse me, Mrs. Aldrich, did I knock you over? Not quite, and please don't be late, Henry. Hey, Henry, where's your hat? It's hidden up in my room. Well, listen, I found this pilot, see, who wants a straw hat. He does? Sure. He flies planes from Miami to Chicago, and he wants a straw to wear while he's in Miami. (laughs) Homer, you don't mean it. Sure, and his head size is six and a half, and he doesn't care a darn about the initials. Oh, boy, Homer, let me shake your hand. Sure, shake. Shake. Ouch. Oh, I'm sorry, Homer. It's just that I'm so graceful. Well, stop twisting my arm, and I'll give you his address. Sure, and then let's go upstairs and get the hat. You know what happened to me on the way over? What? A cop stopped me on the street and asked me my initials. He did? Sure. And when I told him H.B., he said I was just one letter out. That's funny. Do you suppose I nearly won a prize of some kind? I'll answer the phone, Henry. Okay, Mary. Only if it's Kermit, tell him he's missed his chance. Hello? Hello, Mary, dear. Why, Kermit. How are you, Kermit? Fine. As a matter of fact, Mary, I'm on top of the world. You are? I just wanted to prepare you. Uh, By the time I come over for dinner tonight, I might be out of obituaries. Really? My goodness, what's happened? Well, I haven't time to explain, Mary, but I'm working on a big story. I'm going to scoop the police department. No. Yes. So, uh, it, it won't be long now, Mary, before you and I can talk over a breakfast table instead of a telephone. Oh, my... 
Oh, my goodness. Well, I've got to be getting along. Uh, duty calls, Mary. Of course. Goodbye, Kermit, and good luck. Mary! Yes, Henry? Listen, Mary, I give you my word, I didn't mean it. You didn't mean what? Anything, anything I've ever said to you, except when I paid you compliments. Henry, get to the point. That's what I said. Mary, whatever I've done to you, let's both be good sports and give me back my hat. What hat? My West Indian straw that was up in my room. I haven't been anywhere near you. Mary, I haven't time to joke. Now hand it over. But, Henry, I haven't got it. Listen, Mary, I'll have Father sue you. Go ahead, I'll sue you for false arrest. Henry, I don't think she's got it. But somebody's got it. I can't have lost it. Why not? You'd lose your head if it wasn't fastened on. Oh, boy. Homer, get out of my way. Maybe I'd put it in here. Henry, are you going to throw everything out of your whole closet? Hey, cut it out. You nearly hit me with that coat hanger. Henry, put down that rubber boot. Are we cleaning block hats? Well, what I want to know is, do you stretch them? Why, sure. Well, you see this straw hat? It's a six and a half. It belongs to my son. And if it's possible, I'd like it stretched so it would fit me. Well, uh, may I see the hat, please? Yes, certainly. Oh, it's a very fine hat. Yes, genuine West Indian straw. My, my, your son has good taste. You think so? Mm-hmm. Well, to tell you the truth, I agree with you. I'm surprised he'd want to part with it. Well, he isn't anxious to, but his mother, so that is... <laughs> I understand what you mean. I'm a married man myself. It isn't that mothers mean to be unreasonable. It's just that, through no fault of their own, they're, well, they're women. That's quite true. <laughs> so I'd like to help my son out and buy this hat from him. Mm, initials H.A., huh? Now, do you think you can stretch it? I'm pretty sure I can, sir. It'll only take about ten minutes. Good, that's fine. Just make yourself comfortable while I step into the back room. And don't go away. <laughs> I just got back from the beauty parlor. Where are you? Down at the Emporium. I've been waiting for nearly two hours. Have you any idea where Henry is? He isn't here. And, Mother, do you realize it's almost dinner time and Kermit will be here any minute? Oh, my goodness, I've forgotten. Mary, you'd better start peeling potatoes and let your father entertain Kermit. But father isn't here either. He isn't? Well, dear, I'll get a taxi and be home in five minutes. All right, Mother, goodbye. Goodbye, dear. Father, where did you come from? Good evening, Mary. My goodness, that straw hat you had... That's Henry. Mary, I don't want to hear this hat mentioned again in this house. Do you understand? Father, you look upset. Is anything wrong? Mary, let me ask you something. Do I look to you like a common criminal? Of course not, Father. You don't look the least bit common. <laughs> Mary, I've just come from the police station. The police station? What'd you go down there for? I was taken down there. In a police car. You were, Father? I was arrested. Really, Father? Really and truly? One minute I was sitting quietly in the cleanest, thumbing through the hat buyer's monthly, and the next minute I was sitting under a bright light answering questions. <laughs> it seems the cleaner telephoned some eager beaver newspaper reporter, and he sent the police down. But why did they arrest you? How should I know? They didn't even know themselves. Excuse me, Father, I've got a phone Kermit. My goodness, when a prominent lawyer gets arrested, that's news. Mary, put down that phone. But, Father... Put it down. Do you really mean you'd sell your own father down the river just to get Kermit out of obituaries? But, Father, our whole future is involved. So is mine. Yours, Father? Aged as I am, Mary, I have a few good years left. Please answer the phone. Hello? Hello, Mary. 
This is Kermit. Oh, my goodness. Speak of it. Hello, Kermit. Mary, I'm afraid I won't be able to come up for dinner tonight after all. You won't? Why not? No, I'd rather not go into details, Mary, but a case I was working on more or less blew up right in my face. Oh, Kermit, that's a shame. Yeah. Oh, well. Never mind, Kermit. I've got a scoop for you, only you'll have to promise not to print it. What is it? Guess what happened to my father. Mary, I really have to go now. Kermit, aren't you interested? He was arrested. Oh? Uh, Arrested? Well... Well, I'm certainly surprised. Arrested? Why, that's terrible. Well, goodbye, Mary. You're hanging up right in the middle of our conversation. And, Kermit, why can't you come to dinner tonight? I've got to cover an obituary. Hello, everybody. I'm home. Look, look, Mary, could you meet me on the corner? On the corner? Mary, Gee whiz, here it is, my straw hat. Wait a minute, Kermit. Henry Aldrich, what on earth have you got on your head? What does it look like, Mary? Mother! Hello, Kermit, listen. Mother, are you in the living room? No, Henry, she isn't home yet. She isn't? Oh, boy. When she gets here, Father, will you help me explain how I got tied up? Hey, wait a minute, Henry. What's that thing on your head? An aviator's helmet, Father. (laughs) Well, yes, but... See, it has ear flaps and everything. Don't you think it's the most practical type hat for me? Where did you get it? From a pilot friend of Homer's. He sort of traded it to me on trust, see? And now that I've found my straw hat, all I have to do is take it over to him. Henry, uh, about that straw hat... Boy, am I lucky he takes six and a half. Yes? Well, the hat is now size seven and a half. What? Well, how can that be? Uh, Never mind, it is. You just have to return that helmet to your pilot. Return it? Oh, no, Father. Henry, let me have a look at you. You, Mary! In the living room, Alice. Oh, boy. Listen, Mother, I can explain everything. Henry, you can explain later. First, I have something to show you all. What is it, Mother? Well, while I was waiting for Henry down at the Emporium, I bought... Here I am, everybody. How do you like me? Mother! Alice! Mother, gee whiz, what is it? Why, dear, it's a hat. A hat? I don't believe it. Mother! A brace of pheasants? Certainly, Mary. Alice, you will march down to the Emporium first thing in the morning and return that... that... hat, Father. Return it? But, Sam... I'm coming to dinner tomorrow night. Do you suppose we should tell your mother I'm on a very special diet? Gee whiz, you are? Sure, because I'm anemic. You are? Gee, Homer, that's tough. Sure. To build up my strength, I have to have second helpings of everything. Well, second helpings is what everybody asks for when there's Jell-O tapioca puddings for dessert. Yes, Jell-O tapioca puddings. Newest members of the famous Jell-O pudding family. And they're a miracle of goodness, a marvel of speed. There's Jell-O vanilla tapioca, Jell-O chocolate tapioca, and Jell-O orange coconut tapioca. All three are luscious, light, and delicate, gloriously rich and creamy. And you know that name Jell-O is a trademark. It's the property of General Foods, and it tells you that you're getting a genuine Jell-O product. Ask your grocer for Jell-O tapioca puddings. And while you're about it, better get three packages so you'll have plenty for the weekend. That's Jell-O tapioca pudding. Here's hoping you'll be in your living room and ours next week at the same time. Good night, folks. And this is Dan Seymour in New York saying the Aldridge family is brought to you by the Jell-O family. For desserts that are delicious, boy, believe me, you should know. They are made by famous... 
That was the Aldridge family from 1938, and now, the Archies. This episode of Archie aired the same week as that last Aldridge family episode. In fact, it was just two days later. In this episode, they mention another old radio show, a mystery program called The Shadow. Your answer to The Shadow. <laughs> so hang on to your keys, you'll find out why, and enjoy the show. visit to Riverdale. It's 10 o'clock Friday evening as we join the Andrews family, and we find Mr. and Mrs. Andrews just returning home after an evening of bridge. Well, Mary, that was quite an evening. I guess this time we showed the Hendersons who plays the best game of bridge. Yes, dear. <laughs> How much did we lose? <clears throat> well, uh... If you had returned my lead in that last hand, we'd have won. We'd... Now, Fred, let's not rehash that last hand all night. The game's over, it's late, and I'm tired. So open the door and let's get to bed. All right, then. All right. I... Oh, good grief. What's the matter? Oh, nothing, dear, but you better let me have your keys. All right, dear. I... My keys? My house keys? Yes, dear. I didn't take mine when we went out. But, Fred, my keys are in my purse, and I told you I was leaving my purse home tonight. Mary, what has that got to do with opening the... left your purse? You mean to say your keys are locked inside the house, too? I'm afraid so. Oh, good grief. We're locked out. It looks that way. Well, all the time for this to happen. No keys. Mary, how can you be so absent-minded? Fred, You're always I... forgetting things. Fred, Never I... saw anyone like you for forgetting things. Fred, you forgot your keys, too, remember? Oh. <laughs> That's right, I did, didn't I? Oh, well, it doesn't matter, dear. It doesn't matter. I'll just ring the bell and wake Archie up. That's all. All right. For a minute, I was afraid you... Wake Archie up? Fred, you can't do that. Why not? The boy's probably just gotten asleep. Yeah, but Mary, You wake I... him up now and you'll never get back to bed. Mary, I... Besides, it's not fair to Archie to wake him out of a sound sleep. He's a growing boy and he needs his sleep. Mary, look, I'm not a growing boy, but I need sleep, too. <laughs> Fred, I know that, but do we have to wake Archie? Nope. Nope, we don't have to wake him. We can just curl up on the front lawn and spend the night there. <laughs> oh, dear. Well... All right, Fred. I suppose we have to wake the boy up. Ring the bell. All right. Don't know why you couldn't have said that five minutes ago. Stand here all night arguing about whether to get into my own house or not. 
cold out here, too. What's taking that boy so long, anyway? Well, he'll be down in a minute. He has to put on his bathrobe and slippers, doesn't he? Mary, if I were a centipede, he could have put his slippers on by this time. I'll ring it again. Now what's keeping him? Well, he always was a sound sleeper. Mary, a dead man would have heard the bell by this time. <laughs> well, um, try calling him. Oh, me. All right, dear. I'll call him. Archie! Call again, dear. Archie! Call again. Archie! Call again. Mary, you sound like a telephone operator. What? Never mind, dear, never mind. Archie! You calling me, Dad? Yes, and it's about time you heard me. About time? Yes. Fred, I... Mary, I'll handle this. Yes, you about time. I rang that bell for an hour. But, Dad, now I... get down here and open this door. Well, Dad, I'm... And hurry up. Well, Dad, I can't I'm... stand here all night. Fred, the boys... Mary, right... please. But, Fred, I'm trying to tell you, Archie is right there beside Mary, you. Mary, I know that, but what difference does it make if he is? It's all right. <laughs> Archie, where did you come from? Jughead's house, Dad. I went over there to do some homework with him right after you and Mom left for the Hendersons. Oh, fine. And I thought you were up and you... Oh, well, it doesn't matter now. As long as you're here, Archie. As long as you're here, unlock that front door. Okay, Dad. Give me your keys. All right. I have them right here in my... Keys. In my keys. <laughs> Archie, that's the point. I don't have my keys. I left them in the house. Gee whiz, you did? Yes, I did. Now, use your own keys and open that door. Well, gee whiz, Dad, when I went to Jughead's house, I forgot you had gone out and I didn't take my keys with me. Archie, never mind the details. Just open the door and... <laughs> what did you say? I said I didn't take my keys with me. Mary, Mary, did you hear what the boy said? He didn't now, take his... Fred, don't he... make a scene. Don't make a scene. Mary, After I'll... After all, if we uh... both forgot our keys, why shouldn't Archie be entitled to forget his? Because nobody with any brains ever... I mean, if he took after me, he... I mean, he has no right to... 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 Good grief, I don't know what I mean. Fred, it looks like we're locked up. Let's face it. Mary, I am facing it, but I don't know what to do about it. Well, gee whiz, maybe the back door is open. No, dear, it isn't. You know that ever since the time burglars broke into Mrs. Hastings' house and took six dollars in Mr. Hastings' wig, I always lock all the windows and doors before we go out so nobody can get in. Including us. Well, Fred, I didn't forget the keys on purpose, you know. Yes, Mary, I... What's that? She whiz, that's our fault. Oh, fine. Oh, dear. I wonder who it can be. Might be important. Yeah. It might even be Veronica. Yeah. Oh, dear. Fred, we've got to answer the phone. And just how do you suggest I do that from out here? Gee whiz, maybe if we shouted hello real loud, they'd... <laughs> Don't be funny. Hey, Dad. Okay. Oh, dear. Hello? Frustrating to hear it and not be able to answer it. Mary, look, if it's important, they'll call back later. Besides, it seems to have stopped now anyway. Guess so. Fred, we've got to get into that house. Yes, Mary, I know that, but how? Hey, gee whiz. What is it? An open window. An open window? Where? Where, Archie? Where? Up there in my room. Good. We'll just climb through and... Up there. In your room? Uh-huh. Oh, great. Archie, look, a lot of help that is. How are we going to get into an open window up in the second floor? Fly? 
He was no dad. We can use our stepladder. Stepladder? Yeah. Oh. Oh, yes, yeah, stepladder. <laughs> I see. That's a wonderful idea. Fine, Archie. Great. Go get the ladder. Okay, Dad. It's down in the basement. Give me your key. All right. I had the right idea. <laughs> don't! Don't! Archie, for the last time, I don't have my keys, so please quit asking for them. <laughs> Gee whiz, I forgot. Archie, are you sure the ladder's down in the basement? Belongs in the garage. Oh, I'm positive, Mom. I saw it down there just this afternoon. Well, what the dickens is it doing there? Well, you put it there. Oh. Fred, never mind what it's doing there. We can't get it, and that's that. Oh, I guess so. But, Mary, what are we going to do? We can't stand here all well, night. Gee whiz, Dad, I know. No? No what? Well, I can just run next door to Betty's house and borrow their ladder. Their ladder? Sure, Dad. Don't you remember that big extension ladder that Betty's father has? Oh, yes. Oh, that's just what we need. Run over and borrow it. Okay, Dad, be right back. Well, well, Mary, now we're getting someplace. As soon as Archie gets that ladder, we'll just climb up to that open window up there and get into the house. <laughs> yes, sir, it's a good thing I thought of Betty's father's ladder. You thought of it? Fred Andrews, it was Archie who thought of it, not you. Yes, all right, dear, all right, all right. Oh, Archie thought of it. The main thing is that as soon as he gets the ladder, we'll get into the house. Oh, Jughead. What'd you expect? The shadow? <laughs> No, Jughead, I did not expect the shadow, nor you either. Jughead, what are you doing here? Oh, well, Mrs. Andrews, I brought the big book back. You what? Brought the big book back. Jughead, what is a big book back? She was, you don't understand. There's no such thing as a big book back. Well, didn't you say you just brought one? No, I said I brought the big book back. <laughs> Jughead, I still don't know what the dickens you're talking about. I'm talking about Archie's history book. History book? Uh-huh. Archie has two history books, a big one and a small one. What about it? Well, he left the big one at my house. Yes? And I thought he might need it, so I brought the big book back. Oh, for pity's sake. Jughead, why didn't you say so? I did, five times. <laughs> say, what are you folks doing out here, anyway? Jug, we're waiting for Archie to get back here with a ladder. We're locked out. Locked out? Locked out of your house? Yes, Jughead, locked out of the house. She was... My Uncle Herman was locked out of the house once, and he had to pick the lock with a hairpin. With a hairpin? Uh-huh. And boy, did he have trouble. What kind of trouble? Wrong house. <laughs> oh, for pity's sake. Jughead, that's very interesting, but we don't have time for your stories about your Uncle Herman right hey, now. Hey, wait, I... wait a minute. What? Mary, that's a wonderful idea. What's a wonderful idea? Well, why wait for Archie to get back here with that ladder and then have to go climb through a window? I bet I could pick that lock. Fred, you're fooling. I am not. As a matter of fact, picking a lock is very simple. The chief of police was showing us how it's done down at the Chamber of Commerce lecture on crime prevention last month. Why, it's a sin. Oh, but Fred, I Mary, don't... I tell you, there's nothing to it there. Besides, what do we have to lose? A hairpin. Jug, be quiet. Mary, you have a hairpin. Well, yes, dear, I think so. There should be one of my hair right here. Somewhere. Oh, here it is, dear. Oh, thank you, dear. Thank you. <laughs> I should have thought of this long ago. Now, just watch the old master go to work. Yeah, Raffles Andrews, they call him. Jug, be quiet. Now, just put the hairpin in here. And I turn it around till it catches on the tumbler like that. Then I give it a little twist and... Uh, that's funny. Fred, does it work? No, dear. There must be something wrong with the lock. The hairpin's stuck in it. You mean you can't get the hairpin out? No, dear, I can't. When the chief of police did it, it was the simplest thing I ever saw. Fred Andrews, a lot of help you are. Now the lock's jammed and we'll have to call someone in tomorrow no, to no, fix no, it. No, 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 dear, don't get excited. Oh, we're no worse off than we were. 
We'll just wait for Archie to bring the ladder. Then after we get into the house, I'll get some pliers and get that hairpin out myself. Oh, I don't... Oh, here's oh. Archie. He has the ladder. Yeah. Yeah, I got the ladder, Dad. But I had to wake Betty's father up, and boy, was he mad. Oh, dear. Was he very mad? No, it doesn't matter, Mary. It doesn't matter. I'll apologize to him in the morning. The main thing is we have the ladder, and now we can get into the house. Okay, All Dad. right, now, then, let's... Oh, fine. Gee whiz, there goes the phone again. Oh, dear. It must be something important. Yeah, I bet it's Veronica. Archie, she said I... she'd call. Archie, and I said I... I'd be home. And Archie, now she'll think I... I'm out with another girl. What Archie, I... look! There is no sense standing here moaning about that phone. We can't answer it. Now, the sooner we get up that get that ladder set up, and the sooner we get up to the where we're going, we can answer the phone, call Veronica, and see if she's the one who's calling. Yes, Dad. Stop now, anyway. Oh, come on. Get the ladder and... <laughs> What was that? I don't know. <laughs> Gee whiz, that sounds like Jughead. Archie, don't be silly. Jughead is right here. Good grief, where is Jughead? <laughs> Fred, that is Jughead. Yes, Mary, but where the dickens is he? Jughead, where are you? Down in the basement. Down in the basement? How could he be down in the basement? Fred, I don't know. That basement window over there is open. He must have gone in through that. Oh, good grief. Jughead, are you down there? I sure am. Get me out of here. Uh, Jughead, calm down for a minute. How did you get in there? I saw this window open and I climbed in so I could go upstairs and open the front door for you. Oh, Jughead, that's wonderful. Go ahead, go on upstairs and open the door for us. That's just it, I can't. I laid it in a closet or something and it's locked. Oh, for pity's sake. Fred, that window leads into the storage closet where I keep my jams and jellies and preserves. Good grief, Mary. Do you keep that closet locked? No, dear, it isn't locked, but I keep a piece of wood in the latch so the door won't swing open. Mm, as far as Jughead's concerned, it's locked. Get me out of this closet! Jughead, listen, can't you climb back out of the window? No! I had to jump down and I had nothing to stand on to get back up. There's nothing here but some jars. Fred, tell him not to dare stand on those jars. Well, Mary, those are I my can... best jams and jelly. Mary, He'll I... He'll break every one of them if he tries to stand on them. Mary! I'll tell him. Well, now, Pete, they calm down and quit worrying about your jams and jelly. Well, Fred, I don't want him to break them. It took me Mary, hours Mary, I said I'd tell him. All right, dear. Jughead, look. I'm looking, but it's too dark to see anything. <laughs> then Listen. It looks like you'll have to stay right where you are for a while. What, Elizabeth? Jughead! Okay, okay. Now, Jughead, it'll take us just a minute to get that ladder up and get into the house. And as soon as we do, we'll come down and let you out of there. But right now, there's nothing you can do but sit there and be patient. You understand? He was okay. Okay. Oh. Now, remember... Don't try to climb out. You'll only have an accident. Okay, but hurry up. The trouble's gone down here. Yes, we'll hurry as fast as we can, Jughead. Oh. Come on, Archie. Let's put that ladder up. Okay, Dad. Oh. Boy, but that Jughead sure gets into things. He certainly does. We'll have him out in a minute. Now, let's just put this ladder up against the house. Okay, Dad. I have this side. Oh, good. Huh. Right. Stand it against the house. Yep. There we are. <laughs> Fred, it doesn't reach high enough. Of course it doesn't, dear. Not yet. We have to raise the extension half to where we want it. Oh. Now, Archie, you hold the ladder, and I'll pull on this rope to raise the other half of the ladder. Oh, okay, Dad. Okay. Pull this. Hey, attaboy, Dad. It's going up. It's going up, all right. 
uh, just a little more beer. Uh, how's that? Oh, yeah, that's fine, Dad. It's right under my window. Oh, all right. Now we're all set. Archie, go up that ladder and climb Dad. in. Dad. Huh? Don't you dare send Archie up that ladder. Well, why not? Because it's dangerous, that's why not. He might slip and fall right off the ladder and break a leg. Fred, you go up. Oh. <laughs> all right, I'll go. Who go up? Oh, it's all right if I slip and break a leg, I suppose. It doesn't matter if I Dad, break a leg. I didn't doesn't mean that at all. I, I meant if... you'll be more cautious about it, dear. You know how reckless youngsters are. She was, Mom. I'm not reckless. Never mind, Archie. Your mother is right. I'll go up the ladder. He was okay, okay. But I can climb a ladder just as good as anyone. There's some other time, Archie. Up well, here I go. Be careful now, Fred. Yes, I am. Here I am. boy, Dad. Keep going. Yes, Archie. Careful, Dad. You're coming to the extension now. Careful. I know it, Archie. I know it. I... Fred, what happened? Mary, you saw what happened. I got halfway up that ladder, the darn extension slipped, and I slid back down. That's what happened. Gee whiz. You know, it probably didn't lock in place like it was supposed to. It probably didn't. I was lucky I didn't fall off there and break my neck. I... Hello, everybody. Gee whiz, Betty. Oh, fine. Hello, Betty. How's the ladder working out, Mr. Andrews? Betty, so far the ladder is not working out. It isn't? No, it isn't. I put the ladder up, then I got halfway up, then the extension slipped back, and I slid off the ladder. Oh, golly, no wonder. Huh? You've got the ladder wrong side out. Wrong side out? Uh-huh, sure. Hmm? Turn it over so the extension part is outside, and then it can't slip. Uh, oh, well, is that why it slipped? Oh, sure it is, Mr. Andrews. I'm sure that's why. Positive that's why, I think. Uh, well, maybe you're right, Betty. Oh, well, yeah, I think you are right. Come on, Archie, let's twist the ladder around so I can use the other side of it. Okay, Dad. Uh, yeah. e- easy now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now uh, I got it. There, there we are. Uh, now I'll raise the extension again, and we're all safe. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, uh. I should have thought of that myself. There. Now it's okay. Oh, Fred, be careful. Oh, don't worry, Mrs. Andrews. It'll work all right now. Yes, sir. Can't miss now. Uh, After all, a ladder is a simple thing. I'll get up there this time, or my name is Fred Andrews. Call me Joe. Gee whiz. Golly, Fred, did you hurt yourself? Mary, I didn't do myself any good. Oh, oh, my back. Oh, golly, I'm sorry, oh. Mr. Andrews. I guess the other way was right in the first place. Right in the first place? Betty, oh, I... Fred, don't make a scene. Don't make a scene. I fall off a ladder. I nearly killed myself because Betty tells me to turn it over. And you tell me not to make a scene. Mary, I... Fred, arguing about it won't do any good. If you don't know how to use that ladder, don't use it. But we've got to get into the house. All right, dear, all right. But if we're going to get into that house, Mary, we'll have to find some other way of going. Ah! Oh, great. Golly, what's that? Jughead. He's in the basement. Ah! Oh, dear. 
Fred, we better see what's the matter. Jughead sounds like he's in trouble. Oh, dear. Jughead, what is it? Oh! Oh, Jughead, I'm right here. What's the matter? Oh! Jughead, I said I'm right here. What's the matter? There's a mouse in here. <laughs> oh, great. A mouse. Jughead, you mean to say you made all that noise because there's a little mouse in there? Fine. Jughead, look. If there is a mouse in there, believe me, he's more afraid of you than you are of him. Yeah, but he knows how to get out of here, and I don't. <laughs> well, then you may be sure he's gone by now, so just be quiet. Okay, but when do I get out of here? As soon as we get into the house. Just be patient. He was okay, but hurry up. Yes, Jughead. Oh, that Jughead. Mary, I tell you, that boy is Fred, not right. Fred, never mind, There's Jughead. Now we still have to get into the house. It's getting late. Mary, don't you think I want to get into that house as much as you do? Yes, dear. But do something about it. I'm trying to, dear. I'm trying... Oh, no. She was the phone again. Golly, and you can't answer it, can you? Uh, no, we can't answer it. So I don't want to hear any more moaning about how important the call probably is. Just let the darn thing ring and ignore it. Yeah, Dad. But whoever it is sure keeps calling back. Archie, it may be three different people who have called. Or it may even be three wrong numbers, for all we know. Let's just forget the darn thing. Okay, Dad, okay. Stop anyway again. Now, does anybody have any ideas of how we're going to get into this house? Mr. Andrews? Yes? I just noticed something on the ladder. Betty, I don't want to hear any more about that ladder. It is a menace to life and limb, and I'm not going up on it again for a million dollars. Okay, Mr. Andrews, but I'm just curious about whether you locked it. Locked it? Well, yes, you see this gadget? It says lock here. That's so it won't slip back. Uh, oh, good grief. I never saw that. Gee was no wonder the ladder kept slipping. Oh, for pity's sake. Fred, do you think it's safe to try it again if you lock it with that gadget? Well, I don't know, Mary. I... And, Dad, I'll hold the ladder this time, and we'll be doubly sure it won't slip. No, well, maybe so. All right, Archie. I don't know what else we can do. Let's put the ladder up there again. Yeah, okay, Dad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There we are. Now I'll raise the extension again. Well, that's fine, uh, Mr. Andrews. All right. Now, Archie, lock that gadget. Okay, Dad. There. Now I bet it won't slip in a million years. Yeah, I don't expect to be on the ladder that long. <laughs> but you hold it anyway now, do you hear? Oh, yes, sir, Dad. I'll hold it with all my strength. All right. Now maybe we can get into this house. I... Well, and just what's going on here? Oh, I'm just going up this ladder to see... Oh, good grief. A policeman. Oh, dear. She wears Ollie. Well? Uh, hello, officer. Uh, <laughs> a nice evening. Yes. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Lovely evening. But I asked you what's going on here. Well, officer, you see, my name is Fred Andrews, and this is my wife, Mary Andrews, and this is my son, Archie. Never mind the family history. What's going on here? Well, I'm getting to that, officer. I'm getting to that. You see, I live here, and we're locked out of the house. Locked out? Yes, we forgot our keys, and we're trying to get into the house. Uh -huh. And if you wait just a minute till uh, we get in, officer, I'll be glad to show you my mortgage and prove it's my house and everything. <laughs> and... It, what was that? Good grief. Jughead again. Who? Jughead. He's in the basement, and he's afraid in the of... In the basement? Listen, I thought you said you were locked out. Oh, we are, officer. We're locked out, and Jughead is locked in. Oh, you're locked out, and he's locked in. 
Yes, he's in the preserve closet, officer. Look, Mary, Mary, I'll handle this. Yeah, you see, he's really in a jam, you might say. (laughs) You get it? (laughs) Out here. Be quiet. Jughead, what's the matter now? It's that mouse again. Jughead, I told you not to be afraid of one little mouse. Be quiet for just a minute. We're having a little trouble here. Okay, okay. Oh, that boy. Now, officer, I can explain the whole thing. My wife and I went out to play some bridge. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not interested in any stories. I want to see proof that you own this house. And I want to see whoever it is you've got locked in that basement. Oh, we don't have him locked in there. He just... Never mind. You just go ahead and get into that house, and then we'll get this thing straightened out. Oh, all right, officer. I will. I will right now. Archie, hold this ladder. Oh, okay, Dad. Okay, I now, got it. Be sure you hold it good and strong. I Come it... on now. Quit stalling. I don't have all night. Hey, yes, officer. I am. I am. I am. Uh... Oh, Archie, hold the ladder now. Okay, Dad, I am. Get up there. Hold the ladder, Archie. My goodness, what's going on here? Veronica. Gee whiz, Veronica. Hold the ladder, Archie. Hello, Archie. Uh (laughs) Hold the ladder a little steadier, Archie. Hi, y'all, Archie. It's also nice to see old Archie. See ya. <laughs> Hold on, Archie. Come on now. Hurry up there. I am, officer. I am. But what's going on here anyway? Archie. Hold the ladder. It's wobbly. That's a long story, Veronica. But were you trying to call here a while ago? I oh, know, Archie. I just Archie, haven't... Hold the ladder. I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. I'm going to Well, that was a softer landing than I expected. Get off my chest! Oh, you look... Fred, you landed right on the policeman. Well, Mary, what I... What happened? Could... Archie, if you... My goodness, I didn't know you were on that ladder, Miss Andrews. Veronica, please. Get off my chest! Yes, officer, yes, I'm very sorry. Terribly sorry, I... Never mind the apologies! Just get off my chest! Yes, officer. Archie, give me a hand. Here, Dad. <laughs> Thank you, now, officer, Gee, what, I... what's going on? Jughead. Jughead, how'd you get out? I piled up a bunch of jars and climbed out. Jars? My precious preserved jars? Jughead, did you break any of those jars? My shoes weren't always strawberry colored. Strawberry <laughs> colored? My strawberry jam! Mary, I... My best jam room. Mary, please. Oh, Where was Jughead anyway? Right, in the basement. I... I... Just a minute here. Officer, oh, please. Golly, what a mess up. Please. Why am I... Now, listen to me, all of you. This nonsense has gone far enough. Too far, in fact. Yes, Mr. Andrews. Yes, dear. Yes, Dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jughead, be quiet. Now, there's one thing I want to say. There's one thing I want to say. I... I... Uh-huh. I don't know what kind of shenanigans are going on around here. But, mister, if you can explain this, you better start talking and talk quick. But, officer, I tell you I can explain the whole thing. My wife and I came home from a bridge game a while ago, and we discovered that we didn't have our keys, and the front door was locked, you see? This door right here was locked tighter than a drum, so we had to 
can't have... Good grief, the door... It opened. It was open all the time. Oh. Fran, we never tried the door to see if it was locked. Oh, no. Well, Archie will be back in just a moment. But first, here's a special word for all you parents. Would you like your children to have a college education? Of course you would. But I can hear some of you saying, that takes money and lots of it. Well, here's a tip. Start saving for it now, on a systematic basis. For systematic saving is the only sure way to save these days. You can swing it easily through the payroll savings plan where you work. A completely automatic plan which sets the money aside and puts it into United States savings bonds in your name. Before you know it, those bonds will be piling up at a great rate, increasing in value the longer they're held. And when the time comes for you to use that fund for college tuition, it'll be there waiting. So start today while the youngsters are growing and build a college fund with savings bonds. And now back to the Andrews. It's half an hour later and things have finally quieted down. We find Archie and his folks inside the house. Oh, boy, it feels good to sit down. It certainly does, dear. And how? Boy, what a night. Yes, what a... Oh, great. Uh, that, that phone again. Oh, gee whiz, I'll get it, Dad. Maybe that's the same person who was calling before. Oh, me. Mary, honestly, I have never seen such a night. Neither have I, dear. But it's all over now, and I think you did a wonderful job of explaining things to that policeman. Well, Mary, it wasn't easy. Oh, but now that it's all over, let's just forget the whole thing, shall we? Yes, Gee, dear. Can you imagine that? Imagine mm-hmm. what? That was Mr. Henderson calling. Said he'd been trying to reach you ever since you left his house. Reach me? What for? To tell you that you left your keys there. Left my keys yeah, there? Yeah, I to reach you. You've been listening to another chapter of The Adventures of Archie Andrews, written by Carl Jantel and based on the copyrighted feature appearing in Archie Comics magazine. Archie was played by Bob Hastings, Jughead by Harlan Stone. Mom and Dad Andrews are played by Alice Yurman and Arthur Cole, Veronica and Betty by Yvonne Mann and Rosemary Rice. The policeman was Murray Forbes. This program is produced and directed by Kenneth McGregor. Listen next Saturday when we bring you more of the merry adventures of Archie Andrews. This is Bob Sherry wishing you all a very pleasant weekend. So long. Stay tuned for Meet the Meeks, which will be heard immediately over most of these stations. That was Archie from 1948, and now the Aldrich family from 1952. In fact, this episode aired two days before the presidential election. It was Republican candidate Dwight D. Eisenhower versus Democratic candidate Adlai Stevenson. NBC employed a computing machine called the Monrobot to predict the winner, and it did correctly, Eisenhower. Who would have thought in the decades to follow that computers would become smaller and become such a prevalent part of our lives to the point where we have an endless library at our fingertips at all time? You can literally pull out your phone and read the entire works of Mark Twain with no late fees. Well, this episode of The Aldrich Family is from November 2nd, 1952. In just a moment, enjoy The Aldrich Family. But first, Election Day is almost here. Studio 8H here at a place of feverish activity for NBC's combined radio and TV coverage of the biggest political event in 20 years. 
A staff of 250 men will relay the latest news. Fifteen of the top commentators will analyze the results. The network newsmen will have the Monrobot, the electronic brain to compute important trends as ballots pour in from 48 states. Yes, Tuesday, NBC will be the nation's headquarters for election returns. Now it's the Aldrich family on NBC. Yes, it's The Aldrich Family is transcribed, written by Clifford Goldsmith. Even though everyone knows him because he lives in your house or next door or somewhere in your memories, no one has yet been able to define the typical teenage American boy. All you can say is that he exists in the person of Henry Aldrich. And when you say that, you cross your fingers. The scene is the Aldrich hallway. The time is just before breakfast. Hello, Toby. Toby, are you listening? Yes, Henry, but I'm thinking. Well, never mind thinking, Toby. Didn't you say you'd pay me back? I'm going to, just as soon as I get some money. But, Toby, I'm going to a party Saturday night, and if you don't pay me the 50 cents, I can't get the trousers I need. Henry. Uh, just a minute, Toby. What, Homer? Tell him if he doesn't pay, you'll sue. Sure. Listen, Toby. Henry, would it help you any if I loaned your pair of trousers? No. How would that help? I've ordered a brand new pair of slacks, and I need that 50 cents before I can pay for them. Well, suppose we made some kind of business arrangement. What business arrangement? Well, would it help you any if I paid you five cents every week on what I owe you? No. Go on, Henry. Tell him you'll sue. Yeah, Toby, if I don't get that money, you can expect to be sued. Look, Henry, I'll call you back in just a few minutes. You'd better. Okay, you wait right there by the phone. I'll see what I can do. Okay. So long, Hen. Thanks for calling. So long. What did he say, Henry? That's a nice thing, Homer. That's a nice thing. Henry, did you know that when you're in a position like the one you're in, you can get a bill collector? You can? Sure. My father will give you the names of two or three you could get. Henry. Yes, father? I just put a letter for you on the living room table. Well, gee whiz, who's it from? I didn't notice. Homer, come on into the living room. Why don't you get a collector and scare the daylights out of Toby? I'd certainly like to. Henry, your breakfast is getting cold. I'll be right there, mother. You asked for three eggs, you know. Uh, Yes, mother. I'm practically starved this morning. Is your letter from a girl, Henry? Oh, gee whiz. Well, who's it from, Henry? Oh, gee whiz. Well, what does the letter say? Oh, boy. Is it bad news, Hen? Will you please stop breathing on me? But who's the letter from, Henry? The public library. Oh, the library. They want you to join? Well, not exactly. I borrowed a book there, see, and now suddenly it's overdue. Well, when did you take it out? Sometime last December, they say. <laughs> gee whiz, Homer, I think they made a mistake. I could almost swear it wasn't until last January. Are you sure? Sure, I'm sure. I remember distinctly that in December I didn't feel like reading on account of Christmas. <laughs> oh, boy. And they charge two cents a day. January, February, March. Oh, we're up to November. It'll be more than five dollars. Five dollars just for one copy of Huckleberry Finn that I didn't even read. Well, why didn't you return it after two weeks? I told you I hadn't finished it. That's what I get for trying to improve my mind. Five dollars? How much do you have? Well, just enough to pay for my slacks, provided Toby pays what he owes me. Then forget about the book. The thing for you to do, Henry, is to crack down on Toby. But what about the library book? All a public library will ever do is send you letters. And what harm can that do? You really think so, Homer? Sure. They can't afford to get too tough. 
They don't want to lose you as a customer. Henry? After all, they hardly ever go as far as they did with George Bigelow. What did they do to George? They called on his mother and father and went to see the principal. Oh, boy. Henry, I want you to come in here and eat your breakfast. Mother, I don't think I want any breakfast. What's the matter? I couldn't eat a thing. What are you doing, Henry? I'm just looking for something, Mary. Oh, my goodness, you don't have to tear the bookshelves all apart, do you? Well, don't worry, I'll put everything back, Mary. Has any phone call come for me this morning? Not that I know of. Well, isn't that strange? Every time I've called Toby, the line was busy. I thought you were just talking to him. But it wasn't Toby. I was talking to the Centerville Emporium. What about? Well, I canceled a pair of trousers I happened to have ordered. Well, Mother says you should get ready for lunch right away. All right. Mary, do you know Miss Spofford? Miss Spofford? At the library. Oh, my goodness, Miss Spofford. She scares me. Henry, she has the most terrible temper. Is that right? Henry, you want it on the telephone. Well, gee whiz, it's about time. Henry, don't let your lunch get cold. I'm going to tell that Toby a thing or two. Hello? Now listen, Toby. Is this Mr. Henry Aldrich? What's that? I'd like to speak to Mr. Henry Aldrich. This is I? This is the Centerville Emporium. Oh. Oh! I'm very sorry, but our manager says it's too late to cancel your trousers. What? But, but, gee whiz, I don't want them. I'm sorry, but those trousers have been altered to your measurement. But, but I can't use them. Another use has come up for my money. I see. And, and it isn't as though I'd worn them. You still got them. You've even got all you cut off the bottom. I see. Well, I'll tell our Mr. Sweeney. Well, thank you very much. And tell him that if I see anybody my size, I'd be very glad to send them in. Thank you, Mr. Orr. I'll explain it to him. Thank you. Goodbye. Henry? Yes, Mother? Henry, did I just hear you canceling your order for those new trousers? Yes, Mother. But why, dear? Well, oh, boy, you know how it is with new trousers. I'm afraid I don't. Well, gee whiz, after a while you get tired of looking at them. And then I'd wear them to the party Saturday night, and when it's over, what use would I have for them? You know what I mean, Mother? No, dear, but I'm sure you're being very sensible. Now, please run out and get ready for lunch. I have something I made just specially for you. Well, I've got to answer the phone first. Hello, Toby? Hello? Oh, Homer? Listen, Homer. This is Mr. Sweeney. Who? Mr. Sweeney from the Emporium. Oh. Did your girl tell you I explained everything? She did. And we try to treat our customers fairly. But, young man, do you understand what a business transaction is? I can't use the trousers. Neither can we. You can't? Well, look, um... Do you know Huckleberry Finn? No, but we have a great many customers, and I can't be expected to know all of them. <laughs> well, you see, I've been in a very embarrassing position with those trousers. You'll be much more embarrassed without them. <laughs> what I mean is they, they were altered especially for you. Will you please call for them? Didn't I make it clear? I can't use them. Why not? Well, I, I, I'm not very fond of light blue. Would you please ask your father to come to the phone? My father? Your father. Well, he isn't here right now. Then may I speak to your mother? Well, look, come to think of it, I am fond of light blue. I'll be down to get them. And when can we expect to see you? Would tomorrow be too late? That'll be fine. Thank you, sir. That's all right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Henry, who was that? I think it was the Emporium. Listen, Mary... Could you loan me a few dollars, provided I pay it back a little each week? What's the matter with your own money? Well, it's all tied up. 
You might say in debts. I'm sorry, Henry. I just spent everything I had on a dress for the party Saturday night. It's the most beautiful blue. Yeah? They call it Huckleberry Blue. Huckle? Huckle? Yes. Are you ready for lunch, children? Right away, Mother. How about you, Henry? Well, gee, Mother, I'm sorry, but I couldn't eat a thing. Dr. Bennington? Yes, Mrs. Aldrich? I don't like to bother you, Doctor, but Mr. Aldrich and I are just a bit worried about Henry. Something wrong with him? Well, he's simply not himself. He hasn't eaten more than a bite in two days. Hmm, that's pretty serious for Henry. Does he have a rash? No, I haven't noticed any. He just sits and mopes all day, and he's extremely nervous. Well, I'll phone the drugstore and have a tonic put up for him. But, Doctor, we've always had a great deal of trouble getting him to take any tonic. He fights it. Well, maybe the exercise will give him an appetite. Uh, you tell Henry that if he takes this, all of his troubles will be over. All right. Thank you for calling, Mrs. Aldrich. Oh, thank you, Doctor. Good day. Mother! Uh, yes, Mary? Have you forgotten dinner's ready? Oh, I'm coming. We went right ahead. Mother! Yes, Henry? It wasn't Toby that just called, was it? Uh, no, dear. It was a call I put in. Did you see Toby today, Henry? No, Father. I haven't been able to get in touch with him. Well, you're not the only one. What do you mean, Father? After trying to get his father on the phone all day, I stopped in there on the way home tonight. We discovered that somebody had plugged the phone so that it only gave a busy signal. Is that right? Is that right? Henry, you must eat something. If you don't, you certainly aren't going to any party Saturday night. Mother, Eleanor Wentworth expects me. She invited me personally. Eleanor Wentworth? You're going over to the Wentworth Saturday? Yes, sir. That's where the party is. Alice, did you hear about Mr. Wentworth? Quite an honor. What about him, Sam? He was just elected chairman of the board at the public library. At the what? Was he? (laughs) Mr. Wentworth was? Yes. Mr. Wentworth. He's chairman of the library. Do you have any objection? Me? Well, gosh, no. I I was just surprised to hear that with all his other work, why would he want to be that? I think he'll find some way to work it out. Henry, turn around and let me look at you. Something the matter with me? Sam, don't you think we ought to have the doctor come over and see Henry? If you think it'll amuse him. Dear, I'm serious. Now, Mother, if there's one thing I don't want to see, it's a doctor. Well, I certainly think we ought to drop into his office tomorrow. Tomorrow? But I have a job that I'm beginning tomorrow. With whom? With Mrs. Hoffman. Uh, Gee whiz, just to prove I'm all right, I'll eat some dessert for you. Mary, how about the dessert? I'll bring it right in, Father. Well, please hurry. I have a guest coming. And Mary? Yes, Mother? I want you to give Henry an extra large portion. Sure. What are we having? Huckleberry. Huckleberries. Ah, good old huckleberries. Huckle? Huckle? That reminds me, Henry, have you ever read Huckleberry Finn? Well, uh... If you haven't, you ought to get it out of the library sometime. Yes, sir. Dear, weren't you reading it last winter? Well, I was, Mother, but I... Oh, you're married, Henry. Thank you, Mary. Who's coming over tonight, Father? Mr. Wentworth. Mr. Wentworth? (coughs) Henry, what's the matter with you? He's choking on his huckleberry. Mary, pound him on the back. Well, I'm certainly glad you dropped in, Mr. Wentworth. Uh, Sorry I can't stay any longer. And you can count on Mrs. Aldrich and me to do everything we can for the library. It's very good of you, Mr. Aldrich. Incidentally... 
If you want to raise more funds, why not get some of the young people interested? You think they'd help? Well, of course. Let's get Henry down here. He's usually pretty good at organizing things. Henry! Oh, Henry! Strange. He was here right after dinner. Well, ask him to drop into my office someday. I'd like to have a talk with him. All right, I'll do that. Glad you dropped in. Incidentally, Eleanor seems to think a great deal of Henry. Well, you know how Henry feels about Eleanor. He's looking forward to coming over to her party Saturday night. Sam! Good night, Mr. Wentworth. Good night, Mr. Aldridge. Yes, sir. Sam, did Henry say anything to you about going out? Not to me. Well, dear, I'm really worried. Oh, now, Alice. Henry's a reasonably normal, healthy boy. There's nothing to worry about. Father! Henry, is that you? What are you doing? I'm talking to your mother. You're talking to anybody else besides mother? No. You just missed Mr. Wentworth. Oh, well, I'm certainly sorry to hear that. Henry, where have you been? Well, just out in the garage. I, uh, I just thought I'd go out and see whether the car needed washing. At this time of night? Well, gosh, everybody knows the best time to wash a car is when the sun's down. Uh, Mr. Wentworth isn't coming back, is he? No, dear. No, oh, that reminds me. Mr. Wentworth said if you have time tomorrow, he'd like you to drop into his office. He wants to have a talk with you. With I? What for? It's regarding a matter pertaining to the library. It is? Some money they're trying to collect. You know, Father, I think I'll be going to bed. Henry, it's nowhere near your bedtime. Well, I know, but I think Mother's right. Maybe I am coming down with something. It's Henry Aldridge, Mrs. Hoffman. I'm reporting for work. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. I'm afraid it's too wet for you to rake the leaves this morning. Gee whiz, Mrs. Hoffman. I I need to earn some money. Well, I have several errands you might run for me. Come in while I answer the phone. Yes, ma'am. I'd be glad to do anything. Hello? Oh, not at all. I'll be very glad to call him. Henry? Yes, Mrs. Hoffman? Your mother wants to speak to you. She says it's quite important. Oh. Hello, Mother. Henry, can you be through at Mrs. Hoffman's by 3 o'clock? Why? I made an appointment for you to see Dr. Bennington. Dr. Bennington, Mother? Dr. Bennington? Yes, dear. He's to give you a thorough going over. But, Mother, I I might be busy here all day. I haven't got time to be gone over. You'll be through by noon, Henry. What, Mrs. Hoffman? Remember, dear, 3 o'clock. Do you hear me? Yes, Mother. Goodbye. Now, here's what I want you to do first, Henry. Yes, ma'am. This book goes back to the library. Yes, Mrs. To the library? My goodness, look at this. My, my, my. It's two days overdue. Well, I don't know what Miss Spofford will think of me. Two days? Well, you'll just have to apologize for me. I understand that since Mr. Wetworth has been made chairman of the board, they're starting a campaign about overdrawn books. They are? Well, after all, you can't blame them. Some people keep a book out for as much as a month. Look, Mrs. Hoffman, the sun's coming out. Couldn't I do something else for you instead of going down to the library? I'd much rather you went down to the library. And please tell Miss Spofford that if she has a copy of a book called Crime and Punishment, I'd love to read it. <laughs> Crime and Punishment? Yes, dear, and hurry, won't you? Yes, ma'am. But are you sure you don't want me to do something constructive instead? <laughs> We'll return to the Aldrich family in just a moment. But right now, I'd like to give you some inside information on the NBC shows to be heard over most of these same stations later this evening. 
First off, we're all going to go over to the Harris Fay household to visit with that suave, sophisticated Phil Harris and his long-suffering wife, Alice. And then we go from the laughable to the supernatural for Theater Guild on the Air, which brings you John Patrick's comedy, Lo and Behold. Your stars this week will be Anne Blythe, Basil Rathbone, and Jeffrey Lynn. With the elections coming up, NBC's coverage makes it the nation's headquarters for election news. As a regular Sunday feature, you can listen in on America's only public press conference when Martha Roundtree and Lawrence Spivax Meet the Press offers you a chance to hear the answers given by one of the personalities in the news to questions posed by a panel of newsmen and prominent public citizens. There is a whole world of radio entertainment that's yours for the dialing when you tune to this NBC station later tonight. Now getting back to the troubles of Henry Aldrich. Henry has just been notified that he's neglected to return a library book which he drew out last December, which he is now unable to find. Well, hoping to earn enough to pay part of the fine, he takes a job with Mrs. Hoffman, whose first request is that Henry return a book of her own to the library. The scene opens into Haven's drugstore. The time is a half hour later. Homer, won't you please help me out? Won't you please do it for me? But, Henry, I'm busy. I've got some pretty important things to take care of. Like what? Like what? Well, I've got a date with Willie Marshall to watch that new building they're putting up at 3rd and Main. Boy, Homer, and you call yourself a friend. Have you ever in your whole life asked me to do anything and I turned you down? Sure, last week. You wouldn't lend me your binoculars. Well, gee whiz, you don't have to remember every little thing. I thought we were friends. We are friends, Henry. Well, if you can't do a simple little thing like going to the library and returning a book and maybe getting another... All right, I'll do it. Homer, you'll never regret it. Where will I meet you? Right here in the drugstore by this telephone booth. I'll be calling Eleanor while I'm waiting for you. Why are you calling Eleanor? I'm taking you to the movies tonight. I think it'd be better if I met her someplace besides her house. Oh, here, Homer, all you have to do is give this book to Miss Spofford and apologize for Mrs. Hoffman's keeping it over two days. Shall I tell her you'll bring in Huckleberry Finn as soon as you find it? No, Homer. Don't worry her about that. Just give her this and ask her for... For... For what? Well, I think the name of it is... Crime Doesn't Pay. Did you like the movie, Henry? Well, I didn't care for it so much, Eleanor. Oh, I did. I thought it was beautiful. The way as long as he lived, his conscience bothered him. Did you like that part? And all he'd stolen when he was a boy was an ordinary bottle of milk. My, but didn't he suffer, though? Well, I guess the suffering was pretty evenly divided. Ellis and Eleanor, would you mind walking up this street toward Homer's house? What for? Well, I waited at the Haven's drugstore for nearly three hours today, and he never did show up. Now, I'll bet you wouldn't do a thing like that to a person. Who, me? That's the first impression a person gets of you. That you're dependable and reliable. Oh, gee, I don't... Well, you take a person that... Well... What, Henry? Well, what I was going to say is, you take sometimes... Though I guess a person can't help it. Help what? Anything. You're awfully understanding of others, Henry. Well, I do study people a lot. I kind of read their character. That's what I like about you, Henry. You're so intelligent. I'll bet you do a lot of reading. Why? Well, I like some books. <laughs> I'll bet you probably grow up and collect books. 
I'll get over it. Uh, I mean... <laughs> oh, boy. Who's that coming down the street? Where? Right under the street lamp. Oh, it's Miss Spofford. Miss Spofford from the library? Do you know her? Well, only what you might call professionally. Look, Eleanor, instead of going to Homer's, why don't we go down this way? By Johnson's Candy Kitchen? Did you want to stop in there? Well, I think it might be a good idea. Let's walk real fast. Oh, my goodness. Look who's right ahead of us. Who is it? Isn't that Mrs. Hoffman? Mrs. Hoffman? Oh, boy. Look, Eleanor, why don't we go across the street to Tillman's Hamburger Stand? It's a lot better. All right. Oh, let's hurry. Why? Father's right over there. We can walk with him. He is? <laughs> Henry. Henry? Where are you, Henry? What did he say, Alice? Sam, the doctor doesn't seem to know what the trouble is. No. There wasn't anything wrong with his eyes, and the dentist x-rayed every tooth in his head. Well, that should put your mind at ease. No, dear, it doesn't. Dr. Bennington says sometimes something very mysterious can happen to a boy, and no matter how hard they try, they can't find what's wrong. He simply goes into a complete decline. And when a thing like that happens, Sam, he says there's only one safe thing to do. What's that? Take a trip to Arizona. All right, I'll take it. No! Henry! Henry, what's in the box? Just a pair of trousers, Mary. See? Oh, they look awfully nice. The Emporium made them to, to order, you might say. You better hurry if you're going to the party. I'm not going. Why not? Because I'm not. Do you think I'd be wearing my new trousers if I were going? Well, Henry, you don't have to jump at me. Jump at you? When did I jump at you? That's what Mother and Father were talking about. They said you've turned so cross, they don't know you. Listen, Mary, I'm in one of the most terrible predicaments I've ever been in in my life. Do you know where I can lay my hands on a copy of Huckleberry Finn? Sure. You do? That's wonderful. Where? At the public library. She <laughs> whiz, Mary. Henry! Yes, Mother? Have you taken your tonic since dinner? Well, gee whiz, I've taken it five times today. That doesn't make any difference. You're supposed to take it after dinner, too. All right. Listen, Mary, I had a letter from the library today, see? Another? How'd you know I had any? I keep my eyes open. Well, Mary, all Miss Bofford says in this letter is that if I pay the library the price of a new copy of Huckleberry Finn, they'll forget the rest that's due. Well, I'm sorry. I can't lend you anything, Henry. Henry? Yes, Mother? Homer's down here. He is? Homer's here? Sure. Well, gee whiz, Homer, where you been for the last two days? I was delayed, Henry. <laughs> delayed by what? Well, first it was the bulldozers, then it was the steam shovel. Yeah, but don't worry, I got Mrs. Hoffman's book to the library the first thing this morning. Oh, boy, it's about time. Well, hurry up. Aren't you going to the party? No, I'm not. Why not? Because of Mr. Wentworth. Well, Mr. Wentworth isn't going to be there. He isn't? I think somebody said he's going to be out of town. But you're not sure he's going to be? I'm partly sure. Well, come on, Homer, come on. Aren't you going to put on your new pants? Well, I'll bring the box along with me. What? Homer, there's no sense in putting them on and giving them wear and tear unless I'm absolutely sure I'm going to the party. <laughs> Eleanor, we won't be disturbing your father, will we? Oh, no, he isn't even in town. He isn't? 
Well, gee, Eleanor, that's too bad. Didn't I tell you, Henry? Let's go in. Come on, Henry. Okay. There isn't anyone here but our crowd and a few others and, and Miss Spofford. Miss Spofford? Yes, you know her, don't you? Oh, yes, yes. Sure, Miss Spofford, from the library. Oh, no, I just happen to remember. What? Well, my mother's home all alone. She is, Henry? Oh, well, why don't you ask her to come over? No, I think I better go home. Oh, Henry, you can certainly come in for just a while. Well, gee, I'd like to, Eleanor, but when my mother's alone, she likes to have me with her. Oh, just stay for one game. In just a minute, we're going to play a literary game. A literary game? A literary game? Yes. I just happen to think my mother's alone, too. Oh, but it's the easiest thing in the world. Miss Fawford asks the questions, and you answer. And there are prizes. Well, I just couldn't enjoy winning a prize. Not with my mother home alone. Please, Henry. No. Henry. I'm not going to let you go. You're coming in if I have to pull you in. Please, Eleanor. Hey, Henry, let go of me. If I'm going in, you are too. <laughs> quiet, everybody, please. Shh, quiet. Miss Bofford is almost ready for the final part of the game. The last three remaining in the literary contest are... Let me see. Who are they, Miss Bofford? They're Toby Smith. Toby Smith. Homer Brown. Homer Brown. And now let me see, who is the third? Oh, isn't it Henry? Oh, yes. Henry Aldrich. Now, all three of you boys will stand in the middle of the room facing me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. In each of these packages is a prize. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Miss Barford, can anyone take my place? I'm very sorry, Henry, but you will have to take your own turn in answering. Now then, Toby, in order to win what's in this box I hold, you will have to answer a question. Yes, ma'am. Now tell me, what character in literature said to be or not to be? To be or not to be? Yes. Uh, is that the end of the sentence? That's the end of the question. Who said it? Shakespeare? Well, that's close enough. Here's a box of, why, well, I believe it's six linen handkerchiefs. Well, thank you very much. They're exactly what I've always wanted. <laughs> now then, Homer. Homer, can you tell me who was the leading female character in Ivanhoe? In Ivanhoe? Yes. She has to be female? I'm afraid so. <laughs> and I don't know. Rebecca? That's right. What? And, <laughs> and here is a lovely color box for you. Thank you. Now then, Henry. Oh, gee whiz. I want you to tell me the name of the author of the book in this last package. Yes, Miss Barford. It is Huckleberry Finn. Huckleberry Henry! Gee whiz, Miss Barker. He's fainted. Quick, somebody, get something cold. You well some ice cream on Oh, but Miss Barker, he answered it. He wins the book. Just as he went down, his last words were Mark Twain. Miss Barker, why don't you just keep the book? I've got a feeling you're going to get it back anyway. <laughs> Loyal Americans have always stood behind our fighting forces through all the years of our country's history. Today, the need is for blood donations for members of our armed forces in Korea. Today, with the reserve of blood plasma virtually exhausted by GI requirements, an emergency exists. The Department of Defense is therefore calling for an immediate stepping up of blood collections. This is your opportunity to help save the lives of our fighting men in Korea. 
Call your Red Cross chapter, our local blood donor center, for an appointment. The Aldridge Family is transcribed as written by Clifford Goldsmith. Henry is played by Bobby Ellis and Homer by Jack Grimes. Mr. and Mrs. Aldridge are House Jameson and Catherine Roth. Your announcer is Dick Dudley. Listen again next week, same time, same station, for another sparkling half hour with the Aldridge family. Good night, everybody. This is NBC, the nation's headquarters for election news.